Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Tuesday the 16th of April coming up. Kent expert hopes Notre Dame can be rebuilt after devastating fire. The collapse of the spire was one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen as a medievalist. Primary school places for Kent's four-year-olds confirmed. Overall, we have been able to fulfil preferences for the overwhelming majority of parents. The search goes on. Still no news on where a lorry park could be built. If we want you know, our supermarket shelves to be stacked with all the goods, if we want petrol in our petrol stations, this all comes on the road so it's vitally important that we have those facilities there. Kent Online News. Well our top story today is reaction to the devastating fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Flames tore through the 12th century building last night burning through the spire and roof. It's thought the blaze could have been started accidentally by building work taking place there. The French president has announced an international fundraising campaign to rebuild the iconic landmark, with two of France's richest families pledging 300 million euros. Dr Emily Gerry is a senior lecturer in medieval European history at the University of Kent. We're amazed and delighted to see that a lot more has survived than we expected late last night. Um, The latest I've heard is that all three rose windows remain intact which is um, very good news, but the collapse of the spire was one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen as a medievalist. To lose the, a, a city's cathedral, it, it, Notre Dame de Paris has a civic identity and it has survived the Hundred Years' War, it survived uh, you know, St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, the Commune, the First World War, the Second World War, and for it to almost collapse due to an accident in 2019, I think will shock people who care about culture the world over. Um, but it has survived in some some sense, and hopefully this gets us to reflect a lot more on health and safety and to treasure the, the things we do have um, and to not take them for granted. I think it'll be a mammoth task to rebuild it. These things take a long time. Um, you know, it, it, this is a 12th century cathedral that took about four decades to take its form. Um, and when it was vaulted and the the facade was completed in 1220 it underwent another transformation for another 20 years so um however these things are built to last and i think i've heard um, that it will be rebuilt in the gothic style with the same techniques and hopefully this this won't happen again take for example at canterbury canterbury cathedral in 1174 after that fire the monks at canterbury bring in french gothic builders to create what is now our cathedral in Canterbury to avoid fires in the future. And the stone vault keeps the building from collapse. When that's wooden, it falls down and everything goes ablaze. But when it's stone, it's strong. And seeing the photographs this morning of Notre Dame de Paris with only one vault pierced, and that whole spire came down is just incredible. And that's how well built the Gothic vault system is. Um, They're designed to last. Kent Online reports. Plans for a new railway station in Kent have taken another step forward after the project was given £4 million of government money. Thanet Parkway near Cliffs End is going to cost almost £30 million to build. We'll have two platforms and 300 car parking spaces. It's hoped it could be ready in three or four years' time. Meantime, there are calls for more trains in Kent to help meet demand. A senior Medway councillor says extra rolling stock is needed as carriages are often full 
all before they even arrive in the towns en route to London. The leader of the county council has raised similar concerns, saying high-speed trains are overcrowded before arriving at Ashford International and Ebbsfleet. Now, if you've got a child starting primary school in Kent in September, chances are it's been a bit of an anxious day as you wait to find out what school they'll be going to. Confirmation emails have been sent out to thousands of mums and dads. This year, 97% of four-year-olds have got into one of their three choices, with almost nine in ten getting their first preference. Roger Goff is the man in charge of education in the county. He's been chatting to Lucy. The size of the cohort, if you like, the number of children coming into our schools this year is running at about the same level that it has over the last uh, few years. So it's uh, just a little bit below 17,300. If you go back uh, 10 years, it was almost 3,000 less. Uh, That's Kent children uh, applying for our schools. There are a few children from outside the county as well who apply. Uh, But it's up about almost 3,000 over that 10-year period. Um, And it it peaked in 2016 at around 18,000 and is now down just a little bit from that, but running at a fairly steady level. Uh, So what we've seen is that having expanded Uh, lots of primary schools in recent years or having seen also in some cases new schools being built uh, then overall we've been able to fulfill preferences for families. Is it a relief for you then that those numbers aren't continuing to go up every year that they're they're kind of leveled out a little bit? Clearly it uh, it reduces one pressure because every every time that the numbers go up you clearly need to be able to ensure that uh, there are school places available and that they're in the right place Uh, and that's always a challenge and it's one which we've working with schools sought to respond to very thoroughly over the last uh, seven or eight years uh, and so far very successfully. Now, of course, it never quite works out for everyone. Regrettably, we would love it if we had no cases of what are called allocations uh, when a child is uh, offered a place at a school that wasn't on their preference list at all. Um, This year, there's just under 450 allocations, which is uh, a little bit over 2.5% of the total. Now, that's in relative terms, actually still a pretty low number. But, of course, we recognise for every one of those, that's a family going through a stressful time now, concerned uh, and wanting to ensure that their child does get to uh, a school that they want. But like you said, for the vast majority of parents, it will be good news later today, won't it? Absolutely. Uh, And as I say, we've uh, seen overall very high levels of uh, uh, delivery of preference, uh, of of parents' preferences. So many for many families, it will be extremely good news. And the fact that that's been achieved during a time when uh, roles overall are much, much higher than they were uh, five to ten years ago is a tremendous uh, outcome. Uh, as I say, we recognise that for some families it is not such good news. But what I would emphasise to them is that uh, this is the start of the process. It's not the end of the process. Uh, there is now a whole series of stages to go through. Uh, you have until the 13th of May to accept or not accept the offer. Um, we would always recommend that you do accept an offer because um, it doesn't preclude you uh, going after other choices. It's not uh, irrevocable. Uh, but if you step away from an offer, then it may be uh, that it's then harder to find another uh, place uh, close, relatively close to home. Uh, so on the 13th of May, up until then, you've got the opportunity to accept or refuse the offer and to return waiting list forms. Uh, and about a week after that, on the 21st of May, is the deadline for appeals. 
Uh, and then in June, on the 12th of June, we have what's called reallocation when people who some people have not taken up uh, school places. Uh, so then uh, children who are on the waiting list get offered, uh, in some cases, those who are at the top of the waiting list may be offered a place uh, and uh, everyone moves around a little bit. So uh, that's uh, that's the process. Uh, a combination of, as I say, the waiting lists and appeals means that there is still uh, scope for families to uh, hopefully secure something that's closer to what they wanted if that's not been the case for them so far. I imagine it will be a bit of a nervous day for a lot of parents because it is very important that their child gets into a school that's not only maybe close to them, but one that they've looked around and liked, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think this is one of those moments in uh, you know in your life when your child is growing up and this is a uh, you know when when your child's going into reception class that's a major milestone and you do want to ensure that they get into school that uh, you are comfortable with and you believe they'll be happy in um and as i say in most cases that is indeed what happens and uh, we would say to other families if you've not got one of your choices, firstly, do please take a look at the school that uh, has been offered to you. Uh, you may find that, in fact, it uh, works out well for you. Um, but also there are, as I say, other options to pursue as well. Kent Online News. A young Maidstone woman's been taken to hospital with facial injuries after being attacked by a stranger in Maidstone. The victim was walking along Lower Stone Street in the early hours of this morning when she was grabbed by a man and punched in the face. She managed to fight him off and he ran along Park Way. Play equipment, especially designed for disabled children, has been vandalised just days after being installed at a park in Swanley. A group of kids were seen battering the £30,000 wheelchair-friendly swing at the site on New Barn Road with sticks and a metal spike. It comes after Wendy houses and tables in the great outdoors play area were pushed over. Two years after they were forced to scrap plans for a lorry park near Hythe, it's merged today. The government still hasn't come up with an alternative site. Now, the idea of using land at Stamford for up to 3,000 HGVs, if there are problems crossing the channel, was abandoned in 2017 after campaigners threatened legal action. Now, despite a consultation, the Department for Transport still hasn't identified sites that could work in future instead of parking lorries on the M20. Ish has been chatting to Heidi Skinner from the Freight Transport Association. At this stage, should the government have identified and perhaps even prepared a lorry park as an alternative to Operation Brock, do you feel? Well, we've been um, campaigning for a long time for um, a better quality and quantity of um, lorry parks and driver facilities because it's vitally important that we have that for um, for drivers who are, who are going across to the continent now but also in the future um so for us it's not necessarily just one specific site it's it's about making sure that we have the quantity of facilities in the southeast and to ensure that drivers can park somewhere if need be if we if we get to a situation where um we have an Operation Brock or Stack situation again. We've been campaigning for a long time because we're at a, virtually at a critical level of lorry parking, a lack of lorry parking in the southeast. So we, we have been calling for more facilities. And obviously, when we get to a situation where we have Operation Stack or Brock, um, that we, we need to have facilities somewhere that lorries can can park up and they can use. And um, said so that doesn't necessarily need to be one site. It could be a number of different sites across the county, but we, we do need more facilities. Why do you think they haven't been able to identify? Is it simply there is a, a lack of where they can go? 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, lorry parking is is a contentious issue. Um, communities um, don't necessarily want uh, lorry parks um, in their um, area. Um, so we do have issues with planning, um, but obviously we see some very successful lorry parks across across the county. Uh, it's just um, for us to, to work with local authorities um, and other planning authorities to ensure that they understand the real need um, to support um, drivers to ensure that they have the rest breaks that they need. You know, we're, we're all aware that freight um, travels in lorries and to ensure that that can continue to flow, we need to ensure that the drivers have the facilities that they need and have the adequate uh, rest breaks. So it is vitally important if we want, you know, our um, supermarket shelves to be stacked with all the goods, if we want petrol in our petrol stations, you know, this all comes on the road. So it's vitally important that we have those facilities there. And finally today, it looks like we're in for a mini heatwave in Kent this Easter weekend. Forecasters say temperatures are going to warm up during the week and could reach 20 degrees Celsius on Sunday. That'll make the county hotter than Ibiza, where it's also going to be raining. For more news throughout the day, don't forget you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.